This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. It's called mush? It's called liver mush or liver pudding, and it's... Neither of those sound good. It is amazing. Okay. But it, but it, it, certainly, it certainly is a very... I don't want to say acquired taste because I don't... I mean... It's Did you I, I grew up with it. Okay. I grew up with it. So I don't I don't know. This sounds fascinating. <laughs> your voice says fascinating, but your eyes do not. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. I'm your host, Cap Times food editor Lindsay Christians. Today, we're introducing Chris Lay as a new regular voice on the corner table. Chris is an archivist at Capital Newspapers with a love of old newspaper stories, and he's a very curious local food lover. Chris was raised in the South, and I just ate a bunch of biscuits in Nashville, so we thought we'd spend this first chat as co-hosts talking about Southern food. Where can you find grits in Madison? Why should you drive to Milwaukee for fried chicken? What is in pimento cheese anyway? We're tackling all this today, plus your source for smoked turkey on the north side. Please give a warm welcome to Chris. Cheers! Chris, welcome. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So um, and you're joining me on this crazy adventure that I we am. call The Corner Table. I am so happy to have you here today. I'm very happy to be here today. Especially since you brought biscuits, which I haven't made in a very long time, but I adore. So thank you for you're, bringing biscuits. You're very welcome. I want you to maybe, first of all, like tell people a little bit about where you come from. What's, okay. the, food, what's the food like where you're from? Um, well, I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I was raised very Southern. Breakfast definitely regularly included grits, which oh. are absolutely wonderful. Uh, and I feel like not nearly as well known or appreciated up here. The only, the only restaurant I can think of that has them is Sardine. Crema also does. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they put like a ton of like butter and cheese and other mm-hmm. stuff. Well, you have to. <laughs> yeah. I had them at Willoughby's once. Willoughby's? Willoughby's? How do you say that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I was like, I think these are like instant and made with water and I don't like them very much, but having made like polenta slash grits before, Mm -hmm. they're a pain in the butt because they like to pop the, the grits themselves start to form this suctiony thing on the bottom and then it pops and it, it's a little scary, especially like if it lands on skin. How did your family make your grits? Like, did they use like chicken broth or water or? My family... Um, I think we just use water. Okay. And I don't think that they used broth if if they did, it wasn't very often. Um and just on the stovetop. Nice. Whereas now I've 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 definitely made them on the stovetop a lot myself, but there's something about it where I just I just cannot get it to be perfect. Yeah. Whereas I started like a couple of years ago, my mom got me an instant pot and that has made making grits into an art. It is the easiest thing in the world. I didn't know I could do that with my you instant can pot. Totally do that. Just put them. It's uh, I think it's like what one cup of grits to one and a half cups of water. I, I believe I'll I'll send you the numbers. I'm not sure. I, I still have to consult the uh, whatever. And you just in the bowl on the trivet, close it up, cooks for 14 minutes. Whereas before I would be standing over the stove 
stirring relatively consistently for, you know, an hour, hour and yeah. a half. No one has time for that. No, they don't. I can, I can do things that take a little longer, but not if I have to babysit them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to babysit. Mm-hmm. So grits was a breakfast thing. Are you Do you come from barbecue country? Um, I I do. North Carolina is very intensely a barbecue state. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three distinct regions of barbecue. Um, I think there's like the Piedmont, which is the middle, and then there's like the coast and the mountains. And I, I always get them mixed up, but one of them is a like a mustard-based like sauce, and then another is a tomato-based sauce, and another is a vinegar-based sauce. And they are all intensely passionate about exactly what they do. I was just – to sort of prepare to talk about Southern food yeah. today, I was reading some of the stuff that's been written lately about Angry Rooster. Which was – what? <laughs> <laughs> I've missed out on Angry Rooster, I guess. So Angry Rooster is like a pop-up that happens on Monday nights in the Tin Fox space on Monroe Street. Oh, okay. So – and Lisa Speckard, who is who was one of our reporters, mm-hmm. went and wrote about it for us and took her husband, Dan. So Lisa wrote, the Angry Rooster specializes in Nashville hot chicken. But they also have Carolina Gold, Southern Fried, Mama's Barbecue, Honey Butter, and XXX Hot. Um, her husband says uh, – it's like you turned a skillet on Max and held my tongue there <laughs> about the XXX hot chicken. I, yeah. Um, but they do have a Carolina Gold okay. chicken, which I think has that sort of vinegar-based yeah. sauce with it. Well, we're talking like it's like like the, the North Carolina, when we talk barbecue there, it would be pork. Ah, sure. So, yeah, it'd be pulled pork. It would be, you know, ribs. It would be, yeah, all that. Fried chicken is a whole other avenue to, to run down as well. And I know you just went to Nashville. I did. And you and I both, before you went to Nashville, were talking about how we do not like intensely spicy things that feel like a dare. Right. I don't like stunt food. I don't want to be in physical pain. Yeah. When I'm eating. It's sort of like I, I'm, I'm making confessions today. I was never <laughs> a kid who went on roller coasters. I didn't like roller coasters very much. Oh, me neither. Because they, I found them often to be physically painful. Right. And so, and it. Like, you can do things that are physically painful that seem to have a purpose. Like, people run marathons and do Ironmen because they are challenging themselves, sure. right? Just because something is painful or uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not worth doing. But a roller coaster is just a thing that's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, chicken is is supposed to be f- food. Well, this is the – like, well, you mentioned marathons. Mm-hmm. And I hate running. <laughs> but I understand that there is, like, the runner's high that you get. But I've never run enough to the point where I get that runner's high. Right. Just like I – it's my understanding that if you eat things that are spicy enough, you go into that you know, crazy headspace and you get you, – you can get that endorphin, the high, the whatever. But I, it's just it's just not worth it for me. I, yeah. Like I, I don't mind things that are, that are spicy, but they have to have some kind of a flavor to them. Are there foods that you had growing up in the South that you have tried to find here? You mentioned biscuits, and mm-hmm. I've definitely only found, I think, one place in Madison that does biscuits that I, that I know of. Um, Mint Mark. Mint Mark has a really delicious biscuit on their menu. comes with, uh, with like a honey butter that they do, and it uh, comes in like a cute little skillet, and it's very tasty, fluffy, flaky, A-OK biscuit. Growing up in Charlotte, there is a very specific breakfast food called liver mush or liver pudding. You just absolutely like shuddered. <laughs> like what I, I physically saw you shudder. 
So, so it, it is it is liver mush slash like also known as liver pudding. You can find it as as that. It is um, there is a company called Nieces that is located in North Carolina, and they only distribute pretty much around the North Carolina area. And it's called mush. It's called liver mush or liver pudding, and it's neither of those sound good. It is amazing. Okay, but, but it's it's certainly it certainly is a very I don't want to say acquired taste because I don't I mean. It's Did you I, I grew it? up with it. Okay. I grew up with it. So I don't I don't know. But it's um pork liver, pork head part. I'm still sold on it. I'm and here for a head part, that's fine. Exactly. In cornmeal. And then it just is like it comes packaged as like a little brick and then you slice it off and you cook it up. You know, put some flour on it and then put it in a pan and you know, just kind of cook it up. It's like a maybe it's sort of like the size of a summer sausage but in a brick shape. Yes. Okay. That that would make, but without like, because the summer sausage usually has like that the red paper around mm-hmm. it. Like this would not be like that. And you have to cook it. Uh, I think it is technically cooked when you get it, but it definitely helps to fry it up. Is it very salty? Um, I wouldn't say very salty, but it's definitely there's definitely some salt in there. I'm tempted to bring some back. This is so my my dad and my mom both definitely raised us on that. When my dad remarried a woman who was from New York State, she did not adapt to the liver mush. And so he doesn't really get it unless we, <laughs> like me and my brother, come home for Christmas. And then he's he's almost happy. He's like, I finally get to have some liver mush in the house because it's not going to sit around. And like when my girlfriend came with us one time and visited, my dad also, liver mush, excited. Hey, hooray, liver mush. Uh, yeah, girlfriend from Wisconsin did not. I was going to say, did she? Did no. not cotton to it. No. Okay. This sounds fascinating. <laughs> your voice says fascinating, but your eyes do not. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, my eyes do not say mm. fascinating. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. Are there places in Madison that you go when you want a taste of home? Not necessarily. I don't I don't think um eh, there's not really anywhere that I feel does just soul food. Like when I've looked at menus for some of these places, it'll be like you'll see, you know, macaroni and cheese as a side and you'll see, um, you know, collard greens on the menu. And that's awesome. That's usually like a good thing. And then you'll look and it's, oh, there's also a a gyro and spaghetti and meatballs. And it's like it doesn't like there's no there's no place that just really nails that that southern thing from, you know, soup to nuts. Marie Soul Food is new on Monroe Street, yes. and I think one of our writers is going to be going this week. There was something about it in the State Journal in October, but that's new. That's on Monroe. I'm curious about that. I as well. I was looking at their um, at their at their website and their menu leading into this. Yeah, Lisa again wrote something about Anointed One, which is on the West Side, which I think mm-hmm. is another soul food place. Um, so there are, I think there are some places that are sort of starting to do it a little bit. Yeah, that are worth maybe seeking out. Yeah. Um, I, I was also thinking about barbecue. I know, for example, the beef butter barbecue on the north side, they're going to be doing smoked turkeys for Thanksgiving. You're the one who alerted me to this, and I am very excited. 
<laughs> Very excited. So this is dropping, obviously, the day before Thanksgiving. So most people probably have their turkey plans already in place. But if for some reason you don't, Beef Barbecue has smoked turkeys. And I bet they'll have some left over for the day after Thanksgiving if you want some smoked turkey. Yeah. I yeah. bet that they do. Beef Butter Barbecue is a delicious, delicious place. Yes. They're very good. Yeah. There's some, you know, good barbecue to be had in town, I think. Yeah. Oh, we have to talk about Julep. Yeah. Because Julep was wonderful. Julep, Julep was, was really good. The the only example I can think of a place that really like went all in on just the southern aesthetic as far as their menu and as far as the vibe. They had on their menu one of my favorite things, which was bourbon and sweet tea. As oh. as a I guess it wouldn't really be a cocktail if it's just bourbon and sweet tea. But I think it still counts. It was delicious. Have you ever been to a Bojangles? I know no. this is more like a regional fast food kind of a thing that I'm introducing now. Bojangles is a it was actually started in North Carolina in Charlotte, the first one. And then it is all over the South now. Uh and their fried chicken is amazing. And they they are the gold standard for me for for biscuits. Which, whenever I make biscuits, I am trying to get there, and I have just never, ever figured out what the deal is with, with their biscuits. But they're so good. So good. I mean, I bet there's lard involved. Uh, yeah. Because it makes them flaky. Yeah. Which is wonderful. There's, uh, there's some Crisco in these, so. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think when I made biscuits before, as, as, as we sort of uh, talked about offline, I bought white lily flour mm-hmm. specifically for biscuits that I wanted to make because I think I was I think I was testing out recipes in a lard cookbook. You this have a lard job is, cookbook? Yeah, this job is fun. The cookbook is just on It's called lard. That's it. Yep. Okay. I bought leaf lard, which is the this it's from a the certain part of the pig where it's it's much more delicate. There's less of it. And then there's sort of the lard that tastes more like like pork and pig fat. But leaf lard is often used in baking because it doesn't have as much strong pork flavor. Okay. I, I could say. Okay. I took my friend Leah when we were viewing Julep, when Julep first opened mm-hmm. in that Rabinia courtyard space. And she's from Atlanta. And she talked about how what one of the things that Julep really got right was the spice to sweetness level. She said oftentimes when you have uh, southern food in the north, they'll keep the level of sweetness, but they dial down the spice. Yeah, And what ends up happening is things are out of balance, that the sweetness is there to sort of cut the spice or balance it out a bit and julep had the levels of heat yeah from chili peppers and other things that she thought were appropriate that made sense yeah i really miss julep that place was so good i miss barolo I've yes t- i've talked about that too many times on this yeah. podcast so i can't keep saying it i think I, I only went to barolo once that was the wine bar in the middle right yes yeah. i went more than once okay we can leave it at that <laughs> I I wonder if I wonder if there are certain areas of southern cuisine that cross over more easily to like what we think about as upper midwestern cuisine. I would think I mean, yeah. Pork. Pork, of course, yeah. Right. Um but I mean there's definitely like a decent barbecue vibe in Madison, I think, but yeah, like the pork is good, but here it's more it's more sausaged. Yes. Whereas down there, it's going to be like smoked and pulled and, you know, lumped and whatever else. So chopped. I remember when my uncle talked about going down. I think it was he was in Louisiana and he discovered Boudin Blanc. And he said it's the same as the Yaternitsi or it's very similar to the Yaternitsi that we make, which is Eastern European. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's basically the same kind of sausage. It just has a different name. 
but the way that these food ways sort of oh, yeah. move and evolve, I, I, I find it so interesting. Yeah. Well, I, um, I also brought in some pimento cheese that I made. Yeah, let's talk about these things that a, are in front okay. of us right now. So so the biscuits that I made, I also used some white lily flour that I brought back uh, from North Carolina last time I was there for Christmas last year. Uh, and yeah, because you can't get white lily flour here. Yeah, dive in. There's that. They have wonderful crumb inside. This is so, so nice. Yeah. I, I don't actually have like a recipe or method that was passed down. So I've I've personally been messing around with some various ways to make biscuits. This is the recipe that I got from Amanda Mull, who is a, a writer for The Atlantic, who is from Atlanta, Georgia, originally. And uh, this is the recipe f- that her mother, she shared on, on Twitter. And it's... Uh, First time that I've done it, and I think it turned out just fine. I'm making a sandwich with my pimento cheese. Yeah. So pimento cheese is the pimento cheese is um, this is this is a recipe from Sean Brock from or it's 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 a modified version of his his called for like pickled ramps and all this other fancy stuff, which sounds amazing, but I'm not gonna necessarily this is delicious. Well, I'm very happy that you were enjoying Yay. it. <laughs> Yeah. John Brock has a new cookbook out, by the way, Ooh, called South. Okay. Yeah. Everybody in – I went down to this bookstore in Nashville, and the one book that was more on hold for people to pick it up to buy yeah. was his new cookbook. So this is a modified version of his, and uh, pimentos are just kind of like pickled red peppers, I guess, I think. That's the – I've always – yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I also put in a can of, uh, mild green peppers, green chilies, mild green chilies, a little bit of some other spices and seasonings, a whole lot of hot sauce, a lot of, a lot of sharp cheddar cheese, and just kind of throw it in the KitchenAid and swirl it all around. Is there mayonnaise in there? There is. Yeah. With a pimento cheese, do you want to use a really sharp cheddar or do you want to use like a creamier one? Definitely a sharper cheddar. Got it. Because okay. you're also going to be, there's also about, um, four or five ounces of cream cheese in there, which is going to, you know, fold everything in. So, oh. Yeah. Does it matter if it's whipped cream cheese? Um, I just grabbed the cream cheese from the, uh, from the, from the little cooler there. Do you yeah, let not it come the... to room temp? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. And then just zhuzh it up in your food processor? Yeah. Just in the, uh, yeah, just in the KitchenAid with a little, uh, the paddle. Oh, in the KitchenAid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just dump everything. It's like a... Ends up being like pound of cheddar it's to the point now where I just kind of eyeball everything. I remember I went. I was writing about the some new food carts, and I went to the pickle jar. Ooh, yeah. Um, and I, I I know he had something down on Butler Street. I don't know if it's still there. Um, he had like a it was experimenting kind of with a brick and mortar a bit where Layla's Persian food used to be. Mm-hmm. And but I I was it was like a. It was a summer day, and I was out at the pickle jar, and I had this pimento cheese sandwich, which was just like a soft white bread with pimento cheese in the middle. That was all it is. And that, I think, is very traditional to what you find in the South. Yes. And I had some of it, and all I could think was like, oh, my gosh, I want a cucumber in this. Like, I want to make it like a cucumber sandwich, like a tea sandwich, like or a tomato or something. Mm-hmm. I wanted some kind of a contrasting veg in there. And I thought, I am so northern. I don't even know if I can write that. Like, because I feel like. You got the pimentos. Yeah. What do you <laughs> well, because I think sometimes these these preferences that we have, they're, they're, they're coming from how we were socialized to eat. I think it sort of goes to how our, like, what our individual food, exp- like, what you want your individual food yeah. experience to be. And 
taking that into like what should everyone else eat? I'm, I'm intrigued. The like the sandwich that you were having sounds like it also would have. I mean, I'm I'm immediately just thinking that like a fresh tomato, like thin sliced, would have been perfect on there. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. And it was, I'm assuming it was just like the like Wonder Bread kind of white bread. Yeah. Yeah. Soft yeah. white bread. Yeah. And that is, that's a that's a taste, that's a flavor of yeah. home that some people are really looking for. Are, are tomato sandwiches a thing to kind of transition a little bit? I mean, I, I know that they're a thing for me, but I don't know if they're a thing, if it's, if it's a Southern thing or if it's just an everywhere thing. Like fresh tomato, preferably like still warm from having been outside if you can get it. And then slice it, a little bit of mayonnaise, a little bit of salt and pepper, tomato on the bread, close it up. That's the sandwich. I think that is a thing a little bit. Like, I, <laughs> like I've like i had that, but I, don't, I didn't grow up with it. I grew up with, like, my grandma would take tomatoes from her garden, she would slice them, and she would put salt in them, and then they would go on the table. That's it. There would be nothing else. But that's I ate tomatoes that way yeah. my entire childhood. I think that tomato sandwiches maybe are a bit more of a Southern thing, I would guess. Um, It hasn't been since I – it hasn't been until I was an adult that I started making like tomato pie, tomato sandwiches, tomato this, tomato that. Um, And I think maybe it comes from like the growing season is a little bit shorter. (laughs) Um, Similarly with like melon, I my mom could grow – like she can grow cantaloupe Mm -hmm. and and things like that. But watermelon – like it, it, hmm. it was never really a thing that like I mean, we had it in the summertime, but it's hard to grow in a northern garden yeah. because of of how long that season is. Have you ever seen anybody put salt on a cantaloupe? Yes, as a as like a seasoning. That, is that like coming like there's a certain number of things where I I take for granted that they are things that I experienced in the south, but I don't know if it's something that is potentially an everywhere thing and i don't want to assume but yeah so yeah putting salt on cantaloupe is definitely something that i've seen in the south but i don't feel like i have seen up here but i don't know i don't know see that's what i want right now salted cantaloupe salted cantaloupe sounds delicious that sounds wonderful that does sound really good (laughs) so this has been delightful i am so glad that i'm I'm getting to eat pimento cheese Mm -hmm. this morning and a delicious little biscuit yes wonderful so thank you for for joining me and for coming on board. Yeah. This We're going to have great. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be awesome. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Eric Lawrenson provides editing assistance. Follow us on Facebook and find more news and reviews at captimes.com. If you like local podcasts, check out Jesse O'Poyan's Wedge Issues podcast about state politics, our friends the Mad Splainers, ongoing releases from Cap Times Idea Fest, and much more. From our colleagues at the State Journal, check out Center Stage. I am your host, Lindsay Christians. We are a day out from Thanksgiving, so my wish for you this week is obviously a leftover turkey sandwich with pickles and mayonnaise. I do love a day after feast. Cheers! This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.